folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Restoration Project's weekly podcast. The Restoration Project is a cooperative Baptist fellowship church located in Salisbury, Maryland. We are taking a break from our latest sermon series. Enjoy this standalone episode. Thanks for listening. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am known fully. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love but the greatest of these is love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. And God, we just ask that you would speak, um, God, the words that we need to hear. God, we know that we know that you are here in this place with us. And God, we just ask that we would feel your presence tonight. And God, we just, we just love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So last week, Tessa and I were talking. We had just gotten back from a trip to Massachusetts for Caden, my oldest, to play baseball. And we were talking about me speaking this week and how I would have a baseball reference or two, like I already mentioned. And I joked last week that the whole thing was just gonna be about baseball. And then as I was preparing this week, I thought, over the last four months, I've learned so many things through baseball that we're going to take some of those lessons that I've learned and talk about those tonight and talk about baseball quite a bit tonight. I counted it up the other day. Harris, she's my little two-year-old. She's been to over 80 baseball games in the last less than four months. So you would think she would be tired of it, but every night she wants to listen to a baseball game on the radio too. So She's, she's crazy, just like uh, her three older brothers. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, since I don't get up here a lot, a lot of you may not know me. Seven years ago, I was a youth pastor in Texas, and I lost my job as a youth pastor. The church that I was at uh, no longer had the money to pay a youth pastor. So I come to work one day, and my office is in the little youth building, and then the pastor's office is in the main building, and I look, and I see that four of the deacon's cars were uh, there at the church. And didn't really think about it, thought they were just meeting with the pastor. And then I get a message from the pastor saying, you know, I, I need to meet with you, can you come over to my office? And as soon as I come around the corner, I see the pastor and the four deacons sitting in the office. It's kind of like um, if you're in school and you get called to the principal's office and you come around the corner and you see your parents sitting there. Not that that ever happened to me, but I would imagine you would know that something's going on. So I lost my job as a youth pastor there, and um, that led us to eventually move here to Salisbury. But part of moving to Salisbury was calling a friend of mine, uh, Ryan, the pastor of uh, Remedy Church that meets downtown. And I talked to Ryan for a little bit about moving out here, and somehow we got on the topic of the church that I was at and where we lived and the time to get home from that church was a kind kind of a time to, to decompress from what happened at church. Just like, I mean, now I work a job downtown at a bank 
and the 10 minute drive home is a time to just kind of decompress from the work day, to get ready to be home, um, and to be fully there for my family. And he told me that he didn't really do things like that out here. He told me that, that he doesn't separate his life at church from his life at home. And so he, he kind of um, pushed back at that thought of taking that time to, to, to have a separation between the two, the, the life that you live practically for us now, the life that we live for an hour to an hour and a half on Sunday nights here at church, and the life that we live throughout the week. Um, and so as, he's, as we're talking about this, I came ac- across a quote uh, that said, show me God, I'm looking, speak to me, Lord, I'm listening, and lead me, I'm willing. So that got me thinking about everyday life. I came across that quote again about a month ago, and it got me thinking about the previous three months and the upcoming months and the upcoming month of baseball and how I could let the Lord speak to me through that. Now, I've already talked to Jory. I thought I brought my cup up here, yeah. Jory said he has enough knowledge of baseball to not even fill this little cup. But if you stick with me for just a minute, um, you'll find that you don't have to have much knowledge about baseball um, to be able to to get where I'm going with it. So I'm going to show you some pictures of what our last couple months have been like. This is Jackson. He's my youngest. He just turned eight in July. Now, obviously, this isn't a baseball picture, but this is the picture that I could find that came closest to the look on his face basically every time he played a baseball game. Just pure joy. When he found out, found out that he made one of the baseball teams that he was on, he was almost in awe that he made the team. Just the look on his face was, was just unforgettable. It was the joy and the awe that you see in children all the time. Uh, if you're friends with my wife on Facebook, you know that Karis lost her bear while we were in um, Massachusetts. And we got a bear sent to us this week that was just like her old bear. And the joy on her face when she saw that bear that she thought was the same bear was just a look that as a parent just gives you joy to see that. So that made me think about in Matthew where Jesus says, to let the little children come to him. When Jesus tells us that we need to come to him like children, that we need, we need to change how we look at him and look at him like a child does with this joy and this awe that Jackson has right here. Now, what really happened in this picture, all summer, past summers, Jackson won't even get in the water. Finally, after Rachel and the kids going to the beach however many times this summer. Finally, this last week, he got in the water and he realized how much fun it was. And you see the, the fun that he had, the joy that he had uh, from getting in the water. Caden's my oldest. This was a catch that he made during one of the games uh, in our tournament in Massachusetts. This is where hopefully I won't lose you when I talk about baseball, but I want to talk about baseball for just a second. When I was a kid, I was a pretty good baseball player. He's way more talented than I ever was. And we were talking about it on the way home, and I said, Rachel, it's like when he's playing out there, it's almost poetic. It's like artistry. It's like 
somebody playing the piano, that that's what they were born to do, playing the piano. And see, when I, when I ask God to show me things in normal everyday life that point to him, that make me remember things about him, I looked at that artistry that he plays this game with and I thought about God when he created and how there was nothingness, there was void, the waters were untamed, they were crazy, they were wild, and God took his paintbrush and started his artistry and created the world and created us. Even earlier, looking outside at the rain pouring down, you just see the majesty that God has and, and what God can do. Living so close to the ocean, uh, being at the ocean at sunset, sunrise, seeing the sun come up or the sunset, is just seeing God's artistry. Seeing Caden play baseball reminded me of that. Now, Tobias is the middle child. Caden's a good athlete. Jackson's a good athlete. Tobias has to work a little bit harder at it uh, than Caden and Jackson do. It's just like in the church. People have all different gifts, but we, if we weren't all a part of the church, the church wouldn't be complete. In 1 Corinthians 12, this is talking about spiritual gifts. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So, Tobias has to work a little harder at baseball, but you will never see anybody that works as hard as he does. Tobias also, he's 10 years old. Starting two years ago, he kept score for Caden's baseball team as the official scorekeeper. Another place I might lose you, Jory, but... Keeping score in baseball is kind of difficult. I was reading something about it this week as I was preparing for this, and a guy compared different people keeping score to artistry, and I know to some people that sounds pretty weird, but I get that. And Tobias, as an eight-year-old, kept score for his brother's travel team, and as an eight-year-old, won a game for him by keeping score. So that's one of those things that I think he um, has found a niche where he fits in, uh, something that he can do, where it used to be I would sit there beside him and make sure he didn't mess something up. Now I, I text the coaches and say, hey, I'm not going to be there, but Tobias will be. You may want to have somebody else keep a book too. And they say, no, Tobias is fine. We're good with him keeping it. That reminded me that everybody has different gifts. He's not athletic but he's a super hard worker and he is smarter than I could ever think about being. He has different gifts than Caden does. Caden has different gifts than Jackson does. All three of them have different gifts 
then Karis, and then my, my older daughter, uh, Bruna. Something that you definitely learn when you play baseball is you learn how to be a part of a team. There are, there are sports out there that you can play, golf, tennis, other sports where it's just one person playing. And when that per one person wins, they're excited, they're celebrating, but it means so much more when, you're, when you've got people there to celebrate with you, when you've got a team there to celebrate you. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about two being better than one, um, about a threefold cord not being quickly broken. Uh, so seeing Caden and his teammates reminded me um, about being like a team. After every baseball game, they would huddle up and they would talk. Um, Kind of like if something big happens in your family, you get together maybe around the table or in the living room and you talk about it and talk about what's going on. The, th the thing that I wanted to show here is right there in front, you see Karis going to get with her family. For this team, uh, this was the all-star team that had played for, um, well, they practiced for about a month and a half, month or so, I guess and then they played a couple tournaments. There's Caden right there, and there's Karis. You see that she's not even going around to her brother. She's just going to, to the other teammates because that's her family, that's his family. That, that was our family, our team was like a family. Now, to me that's a little bit different than church because you can think of church as like a family, but I think of church being a family. A couple years ago, Rachel's mom passed away. Um, she lived in Columbus, Ohio, and we were there uh, for the funeral. And we didn't know it, but Josh and Sarah and Susie and Christy drove the about a thousand mile round trip to spend the hour, hour and a half there at the memorial service. That's what family does for each other. And so uh, you guys here at TRP, Y'all are a family for me. Now, every game, at least once or twice, this would happen. Karis would go over, and it wasn't just Caden, but it is in this case, and she would uh, have to give Caden a kiss and give him five and give him knuckles every game. This made me think about encouragement and how we should encourage each other. Even going back to when Rachel lost her mom, that was encouraging to us in a, in a very difficult time that people from our family were there to support us. From our, not blood family, but from our church family were there to support us. So anytime I see Karis encouraging one of the boys when they're playing, I think about how you guys encourage me. Now the tournament we played at in Massachusetts was a, a regional tournament. It was kind of like Berlin just lost today in the 12-year-old regional tournament, they would have made it to the Little League World Series had they won. This is the year younger version of that, so there's no Little League World Series for that age, uh, but it was a regional tournament. This was, I believe, about 10.30 uh, one night. This age usually plays six innings. Uh, we had played a 10-inning game against a team, uh, and we lost in the 10th inning by one run. That team ended up winning the championship. Uh, but this was the guys um, after that game talking, and you can see some of them had their head down. Uh, they looked disappointed. Obviously, nobody's smiling. 
Um, but the thing that this picture reminded me of and what I'm gonna show you next, what happened the next day reminded me of was hope. In baseball, you get out, the best players in the game get out almost seven times out of 10. Um, I would say probably 90 to 95% of players get out seven times out of 10. They're only successful three times out of 10. But there's always that hope of the next at bat. Or if it's the end of the game, there's always the hope of that game the next day. Or if it's the end of the season, there's always that hope of the next season. There's always hope in baseball. The boys, after they lost that night, they were out hitting balls off of a tee because they had that hope of the next game. Yeah, they lost that one game, but they had hope that they were gonna get to play again and that they were gonna win the next game. In Romans chapter five, it says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of the Lord. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produce perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That verse talks about a whole lot more than hope. It talks about what I try to teach my boys in our lives at home and what I try to teach them and hope that they learn playing baseball or going to school or doing anything uh, that they have to do. Uh, when they have a setback, when they have a loss like they did that night, and it almost felt crushing to them. You could see the boys almost looked like they had no hope, but then once they talked to their coach after the game, you could see that their hope was back. That hope that, I hate to even compare a baseball game to real suffering, but like the verse that we read at the beginning said, um, it's, like, it's like looking at a mirror. We don't know things, uh, we only see the reflection of things. We don't truly know God and everything about God. Um, but we know, we get glimpses. We know, we see parts. We know some things. Um, so we can only compare to what we know. So the boys lost. To them, it was suffering, but that suffering produced perseverance. They got up at nine o'clock the next morning and started, uh, started hitting again. Uh, they played a game later that day and won that game. Perseverance leads to character. That's something that I would love for my boys to be described as boys that have character when they're older, young men that have character. When Karis is older, a young woman that has character. Even now, someone who has character. And that character leads to hope. So through this in baseball, it reminded me of the hope that we have in Jesus. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. I wanna end with this, talking about love. I've talked a little bit about Caden, Tobias, and Jackson, and their skill or relative lack of skill in the game of baseball. But I always make sure that they know that whether they win or lose a game, whether they play baseball or don't play baseball, 
whether they hit a home run, strike out, make an error, whatever, I always make sure that they know that that has nothing to do with my love for them. Because the way, the way I look at it, whether you see God as a father figure, figure, a mother figure, some kind of parental figure, I think of when I was a kid and my parents and how I looked at them was kind of a um, reflection of how I would look at God in the future. And so I want the boys to see that love for me, that unconditional love, because I want them to see an even greater amount of love uh, from God in the future. In 1 John 4, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. So that's the final lesson that I would say that I learned throughout the, the summer, seeing the boys play baseball, is... If you said that I was a competitive person, that probably would be putting it lightly. I like to win. Uh, I've toned that down a little bit over the years. Um, but I'm a very competitive person. And um, even, even watching the boys play something, um, if they don't win, times in the past, it has almost put me in a bad mood because they didn't win. Um, and I could see where they might see that as a less than loving way for me to react to them not winning a game. So I worked on that this summer. And I worked on showing them love no matter what, no matter how they played, no matter if they played, um, no matter what their grades were at school, uh, no matter what they did, letting them know uh, that I love them. Because no matter what we do, we know that God loves us. And I hope that they can see that God's love for them is even greater than my love for them. That's them seeing um, a veiled reflection of God's love for them. Let's pray. God, again, we just love you and thank you for everything that you've done for us. God, we thank you for the chance to be here tonight. God, I, I thank you for the lessons you taught me this summer. God, using something as meaningless as a baseball season, a summer full of baseball. God, I thank you that uh, you allowed me to take the time to not be running here and there all the time, but to sit down and actually hear you and see you through these things. God, help each one of us as we go through our daily lives to be able to see you in things that we might not normally think that we would see you in. God, help us to wake up and say, show me, God, I'm looking. Speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. Lead me, I'm willing. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. We invite you to join us in Salisbury for one of our weekly services on Sunday evenings at 5.30 p.m. 
Whatever your story, there's room for you here. Again, if you'd like more information, please visit our website at restoresby.org. See you next week.